So, Rob, I hear your youngest was actually in the hospital today. <laughs> in the hospital makes it sound more dramatic than he was. I prefer to think of it as he was at the hospital uh, <laughs> for a few hours today. Without you. I have multiple children. They're 17 or 18 running around. I'm not sure. I can't keep track. And um, I had to uh, be with the other ones while that one uh, was Permission to treat the witness as hostile, Your Honor. <laughs> now, did you or did you not refer to your young child as looking terrible, but really he wasn't in that bad a shape? He had a reaction to amoxicillin, so he is covered head to toe in blotches mm -hmm. yeah it looks like measles. and on the night in question <laughs> did you tell your wife that in fact you were going to podcast later actually she came home the defense rests your <laughs> told me this story and she... said hey it's about your podcasting time are you ready and so she was actually my co-counsel would like to ask a question please did you tell your wife that you also put the other children up for lease <laughs> Oh, no. She well, that's a standing offer, really. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, thank you guys for making me feel so good about being an amazing, amazing father. That's why we all podcast. <laughs> Priorities, you know? I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. It's time. Time for a thrilling story of romance, adventure, mystery. Anything with an expired copyright. It's time for another Interrupted Tale. Hello, and welcome to the show that usually ends. Another episode of Interrupted Tales, the podcast where my friend and I take turns reading stories to you, the listener, while the other person constantly interrupts. As always, I'm Rob, and I'm joined tonight by America's ass himself, Alan. <laughs> How are you, Alan? Hey, spoilers, Rob. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alan, there's there's a lot of people spoiled by that. Oh, right. you, uh, <laughs> please don't ask my wife to confirm that. <laughs> well, you may hear another voice because we have another very special episode tonight as we are joined by a guest reader. Uh, she's the co-host of the absolutely amazing 33% Pulp podcast, and she has read more Pulp, I think, than Alan and I combined. It is Lindsay. Welcome, Lindsay. Yay! Thank you for having me. Thank you for showing up. We were not sure. I got to be honest with you till the last few minutes. Yes, it was a little touch and go, mostly whether Rob was going to make up an excuse about his youngest child being in the hospital just to blow you off. <laughs> 
Listen, I have the photos and he is blotchy. All right. His modeling career is over. That's not helping your father of the year application, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, let me uh, ask our guest just to just out of politeness. uh, Lindsay, will you please read this week's tale and allow both of us to interrupt you? Oh, my gosh. I would be so happy to read Proposal Bait for you. <laughs> well, we, we are very excited because this is a good one. Um, this week, we have a tale of love, question mark, in the <laughs> winter, question mark. I, yeah. Uh, it's from the February 1951 issue of Today's Love magazine, and it's called Proposal Bait by India F. Braden. Uh, do, do we know anything about either India F. Braden or the tradition of proposal baiting? I think it involved a bear, and I think it's outlawed now, Rob. <laughs> I don't. I don't think people appreciate that these days. Let's just say it's uh, it's now time to pour yourself your favorite drink and curl up in your favorite chair next to a warm fire while Lindsay reads you this week's tale. Scott proposed to Terry in the middle of the tennis court with his whole youth organization looking on. (laughs) Yes, there is nothing more romantic than proposing (laughs) in front of the AV club for St. Swithin's Boarding School for Pasty Children. I've I've dreamed of doing that my whole life, Alan. Well, I don't know. I was thinking maybe it was like a 4-H club. and Where do you put the cow is what I want to (laughs) know. I haven't been to Wimbledon yet, but the cow is not allowed to go past the center line. Oh, really? But where am I going to put the other Shit. things? <laughs> no. no. Wait, oh, what? what's the uh, What else does the 4H do? Um, sheep. <laughs> right? Well, only do on the cold sheep? nights, Lindsay. Only on the cold nights. <laughs> the boys might as well get a lesson in romance along with their other classes, he laughed, kissing Terry over the tennis net. Clearly, he's forgetting AP Frenching. <laughs> oh. Oh, did you place into that? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I took AP Spanishing, which is uh, oh. uh, not nearly as good. Darling, I had honestly meant to wait until tonight to propose when the moon had come out and there was soft music, but you look so cute and tantalizing in that outfit. And you are such a dear, and I'm so mad about you. I couldn't wait another minute to ask you to marry me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's... This is a great spot, maybe. Uh, Terry, I know it's a bit noisy here, but I I just want you to know that it's all your fault. Uh, <laughs> compassion, your fault. compassion that drew me to you. <laughs> when it comes to your poor, uh, sickly sister, she can live with us, and I'll always take uh, advantage, uh, care, <laughs> care of her. Noisier than I expected on this court, actually. Uh, and uh, uh, what better place than a tennis court to say, even though it's not about keeping score, I will always uh, have for you an amazing and eternal... Dude! No, come on. <laughs> come on. Terry smiled. She was so happy that it frightened her. Ooh, just like that roller coaster scene in Crush. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. Not unless it's Blue Crush, Rob. Blue Crush, good movie. Yeah, good movie. (laughs) 
Is she the one with one arm? Or... Is it the one with the like the sisterhood of the traveling pants? But Wait, they're... yes. But Wait, they're... no, Michelle Rodriguez is in yeah. Blue Crush, right? Okay. And then there's a blonde one? Yeah, the blonde one. Oh, that's probably Blue Crush a lot too, more money right? than Michelle Rodriguez. But <laughs> still. It was like endless summer for a new generation. Okay, that's not a joke. I'm just saying it was. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is, Alan. You know who wouldn't like that movie? Ooh. Terry. I don't think Terry would like that movie. Oh, hey, hey, Terry the audience not. doesn't know what we're talking about. Oh, again. sorry. Spoilers. Hey. Could this really be herself? Plain little Terry Parks standing on the brink of paradise? Marrying Scott would surely be a paradise because he was the answer to the most discriminating maiden's wildest dreams. Well, we are lucky enough to have a discriminating maiden uh, on this episode. <laughs> Lindsay, could you tell us about some of your wildest dreams? Oh, I thought you were talking about Rob. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm no maiden, Lindsay. Please. He's not discriminating is the problem. <laughs> Scott had looks personality, brains, and scads of money. In other words, the total package of money, 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 and money. And brain, multiple brains, you know. <laughs> He's just got them in his pocket. <laughs> you can afford that when you have a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> got Mussolini's brain. He's got Colonel Sanders somewhere. Does he? And also, the Burger King has been resurrected from the dead many, no. many times. Yeah. No. The Burger King is the hamburger, right? What? No. It's how dare the same person? You? How no. How dare you, Lindsay? <laughs> no, no, no. Wait. Like I, when you said that, I thought that you had some kind of theory that they're really the well, same person. Oh, I that like the hamburger defected. The Burger King became king because he stole all the other hamburgers. <gasps> oh, jeez. I don't know. We're through the looking glass here, people. Oh my God! You should <laughs> hey be careful because you might get a SWAT team at your house tonight. The government ha might have to keep that under wraps, Lindsay. I'm sorry if I if I made you guys a target yeah. too. <laughs> wow, that's all right. You know, it's, I'm a terrible father. What do I have to live for? <laughs> podcasting. Yes, podcasting. That's right. <laughs> and Terry had fallen head over heels in love with him that first day she'd heard him make that speech at the community center about his youth organization. Yeah, it's called a Toys for Scots, and I gotta tell you, it really makes Scots of all ages very happy. <laughs> he only allows Scots in his youth organization, so uh, it's a very tough application process. Is it? It's like the Red-Headed League? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, or the League of Red-Headed Gentlemen? What is it? What is it? I don't know. The Red-Headed League. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Scott was using a large part of his money for a very good cause. We, we have to be very accurate about our literary references on this show. <laughs> Lindsay, I don't know if you knew that, but we get fact-checked by uh, PolitiFact. I was going to go with the Union of Concerned Scientists. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure yeah. why. They recently got into fact-checking podcasts, though. He had bought Palm Lane, a gorgeous mansion in the center of this western winter resort to bring underprivileged boys from the large eastern cities for a winter vacation. Scott had hired teachers for the boys during their three-week stay so that they wouldn't get too far behind in their studies. Yeah, that's why we use flashcards on the trail while the boys are learning how to downhill ski. <laughs> <laughs> Persuasive. P-E-R-S-U-I. This sounds like the worst winter vacation ever. Like, I don't know why anyone would go here. 
Um, oh, wait, we get to learn how to ski and still do school? Oh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> at the end of each three-week period, a new group of boys arrived at Palm Lane. And to watch the group of boys that were leaving say goodbye to Scott Andrews was really something. Terry had never seen so many atomic wedgies on one person before. Ooh, that's <laughs> each each boy. It's sort of like the, mm -hmm. oh, what do you call it, the birthday paddle wagon? The, the paddy, paddy wagon? Uh, paddle, paddle wagon? Now I feel a little worried describing <laughs> this. Maybe this is not a good experience that happened to everybody in so, their youth. Yes, what did people do in your but, in your youth? Did did you guys not have where it's your birthday and everybody lines up and you go through and they hit you on the butt? Seriously, no, I'm not. I'm not it, yeah. What? <laughs> no, at bowl school before, before like at, a birthday you know, like party. before schools weren't allowed to do that. I mean, I didn't have it in either place, but I really want to know more about this tradition. I <laughs> okay, hold on. Seriously. Is that you know? I gotta say, nothing? all of my birthdays as a hey, listen, very little. dot com. Ask the very dying. <laughs> Next to none. Next to none. <laughs> I've heard of it. Do people... Okay, but this is not. No, no, this no. Is... My I birthdays got... have been so this boring. Is the thing where the people they um spread their legs and the other person like crawls through them. Quora.com <laughs> says, "Is yeah. the birthday spanking dying out?" <laughs> And yeah. is someone dressed as a clown? And I'm, I'm, I'm almost willing to sign up uh -huh. to get the answer. <laughs> it's, it's been 10 years, yes. uh, but finally I might sign up. <laughs> Terry had been at the station one afternoon when their train pulled out, and you would have thought Scott hung the moon. The boys were so grateful to him. Oh, so sort of an outward bound meets creationism Bible camp? Neat. I don't think he meant literally <laughs> hanging the moon. Although, he seems like he's got a lot of money. He does. He, he seems like he's got a, a whole setup at a mansion. Boys coming every three weeks. <laughs> this is but didn't we stop weird. saying that? Boy, yeah, new, a new group of youthful boys coming every <laughs> like three <clockwork>. weeks. Like <laughs> clockwork. No, I feel like you guys aren't hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're hearing it, Alan. But not only the boys vacationing at Palm Lane thought Scott was wonderful. The whole town of Mountain View went for him. Especially Terry's family, especially Terry herself. But she never thought he would fall for a girl with plain brown hair, pale blue eyes, and a timid smile. Uh, yeah, she sounds hideous. She sounds horrible. <laughs> a monster. <laughs> Who could ever love a smiling brunette with Blue eyes. Uh, she would not be in Blue Crush, let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Dove Soap has started their traditional Western European ideals of attractiveness can be beautiful too campaign. Oh, thank God. <laughs> too many people have been ignored for too long, Alan. Next on the program, boys, is the swimming party, Scott said as they all left the tennis court. The boys gave an ear-splitting war whoop and headed for the bathhouse to jump into their swim trunks. I feel like you usually take your swim trunks off in the bathhouse, no? I think you put them on and then put them off once you're sure the cop isn't in the room with you. Oh, okay. I, think, I, I don't want to know. I feel like we're in really iffy territory. <laughs> <clears throat> but Terry noticed 
that the sun had gone down and a wind had started. I don't think I'll go in, Scott, she said. I'll just watch you and the boys from the side of the pool. Scott looked disappointed, but he didn't insist. Oh, that's really sweet. Uh, Terry, on the one hand, it occurs to me, I don't know whether you could swim or whether you'd immediately drown in the pool, but on the other, you're making me look bad in front of the boys. Come on, Terry, I told him you'd be swimming. So Terry perched in a lawn chair on the side of the beautiful outdoor pool. She hadn't wanted to get in the water with the sun down because she was afraid of getting fresh cold. And also pool sharks. Yeah, that well, that's reasonable. Yeah, and um, floaters. Well, those, hey, <laughs> that's, they got to shut down the pool. That's the law. <laughs> you you don't know where that up. noodle's been. You know? oh. <laughs> who's, who's been riding that noodle? I don't know. <laughs> what? Oh, my. Riding the noodle, the new podcast no, from Lindsay. No, we're, we're not starting <laughs> yeah. another podcast, no. Dislike, no. <laughs> <laughs> Terry had had pneumonia. A few months before Scott Mm. had come to Mountain View. And she had been so slow in her recovery that her doctor had prescribed that she turn her little children's toggery shop over to someone else to run for a few months while she got lots of sunshine and fresh air. I'm going to be honest with you, Terry. Uh, Togs are the enemy. If you so much (laughs) as step foot in a gymboree, you will die within hours. Oh, and... Even thinking of going into a car as will cause a massive stroke. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like sunshine and fresh air at a winter resort. <sighs> I don't think medical insurance typically covers the doctor recommending that you stop going to your job for a few months. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's what's wrong with this country, Alan. If we had a oh, real care system, the doctor would just this, write a note for us for life. This is this is totally normal. In France, all the toggery shops are closed for months on end, just just in case. Oh yeah, that's why the yeah. children are wearing bags all the time in France. That's why they gotta get wear those yellow vests all the time. That's just because all the toggery shops are closed. That makes sense. Oh, that's why Madeline wears the same thing all the time. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. As soon as Terry met Scott. She learned how athletic he was and how he loved the outdoors. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm athletic (laughs) and I love the outdoors. Also, it's my life goal to propose to someone on a tennis court. (laughs) Man, woman, doesn't matter. But it's got to be in front of 14 teenage boys I've just recently met. Uh, well, you know, you've you've got your vision board and... Uh, <laughs> it's gonna happen. It sounds like you're working towards it. Yep. I'm Scott. I'll make it happen. I've got I've got the money to make it happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He went in wholeheartedly for every sport you could mention. Curling. Yeah, he's rich. He's rich. <laughs> And he, he proposed on a tennis court. Well, it's his tennis court, Alan. It is not his tennis court. Well, it's a tennis court of his weird Xavier school for pasty boys. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it counts for something. Yes, uh, it's for special kids. One's from the East Coast. <laughs> The it's, ones that can shoot laser beams out of their eyes. No, and no, you just you got to be somewhere on the Atlantic seaboard. That's okay. But but you're special. You're very special. <laughs> so Terry decided she would learn to participate in several sports and not say anything to Scott about how puny she was. Puny Terry, embarrassed about her mild run time. 
14 <laughs> minutes make Terry sad. Well. <laughs> I feel like he would be able to see this. Uh, I know. But- I don't know how you hide puny. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you can only wear so many sweaters on top of each other. Pashminas. Just pashmina on top of pashmina. <laughs> After all, it wasn't anything serious, and she'd recovered completely in a short time. Yeah, nothing serious. She just can't ever get wet like a fucking mogwai. <laughs> it <laughs> took her months to recover, right? Yeah, uh, no, it months. was yeah, slow in her recovery. No but big deal. She can't she work a- at, his, at her clothing <laughs> store for children. Can we talk about how bad mogwais must smell, though? Well, you can't get them ever wet, or is that an after? You think they got to use the dry dry shampoo? Is that it? Mm, dry shampoo. Yep. You know, you rub it in. I'm going to go at this point and assume that Lindsay has not seen Gremlins. I don't know what that is. Yep, I yep. Don't oh know. my god! Oh. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, my. oh yeah! Oh, I'm, I just hurt my back. Oh, oh ouch. hold on! Oh, oh, that's not pain. That that's oh. a heart attack. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I've got to call my uh, lawyer Oof. to finish my will. Um, I'll be. Right I think Mogwai is a band. I heard. Oh, uh, you're They're right. Scottish. It is a band. Yes. They're Scottish. I, I yeah. Yeah, they are a band named after what gremlins are before they turn into gremlins. Yeah, they're cute little furry things, and then you get them wet. No, you don't get them wet. That's the problem. You can't. Just like Terry. She was sure that not knowing how to play golf or tennis or shuffleboard or being outstanding in any outdoor sports had made Jimmy Towns, her other admirer, lose interest in her. Of course, Terry, you don't know how to play outdoor sports like shuffleboard. (laughs) (laughs) The human race is born with innate knowledge of how you play shuffleboard. You shoot it, and then it hits something, and that's it. Or like golf, you know? It's like a stick and a ball in yeah. a hole. You know where the ball's got to go. You see the hole. You're not going to be confused, right? I'm also just saying that like 80-year-old people play golf. Old people play shuffleboard on a moving boat. <laughs> <laughs> How hard can it be, people? And she wasn't going to let it happen again. Terry had always been the kind of girl who liked to sew and cook and keep house. Oh, yeah. You don't want that patriarchy to get dusty now. It didn't seem like that would follow. Like, she was going to, like, play sports, and she liked to cook. It makes no sense even within this paragraph. It's (laughs) like, uh, she's not going to lose a man again because she can't do sports, but she likes to sew and cook people, so she's okay. Scott was diving from the highest dive, and all the boys were watching him and clapping and yelling. Terry was also watching him with little shivers of excitement running up and down her spine. She couldn't decide which charmed her most, the breadth of his shoulders, his tallness, or the intense blueness of his eyes. His tallness. Yeah, his his tallness and his blue eyes. This is just like that article about uh, women lusting after the Night King. Isn't it? Did you guys read that? He's got blue no? eyes. Is that a I, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like well, when, I mean, the article's a thing. Well, I don't it's like know. when Infinity War came out and people were like, is it wrong that Thanos is kind of hot? Like, it's, Thanos is kind of, yeah. I mean, he's good looking for yeah. a murder, you know, mass planet <laughs> murderer. Yeah. Mass planet murderer. <laughs> yeah. He's got shoulders. He's, he's got tallness. He's got that face beard thing. The face, the chin, the chin wrinkles. The chin 
Is that was that just his species or I think it's he, people. He didn't just sleep wrong on like a purple pillow with the <laughs> indents. It's just a sleeping position. Uh, what what is it? I got something there? <laughs> what? Terry moved closer to the side of the pool to get a better look at Scott when suddenly the boys all jumped in the water belly flop fashion at the same time. You know what I love about you, Lindsay? Is you know when to keep reading. You know, <laughs> we don't have to tell you. No. You've got an excellent sense of timing for when we should just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's, it's the guidance we've been waiting for. <laughs> it only took 60-some episodes. Good God, yes. We just needed a producer. <laughs> and talent. Sorry, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Terry felt the cold water dashing over her. She gasped in horror. The boys had drenched her, and getting wet out in this wind might bring back her chest cold. Oh my God, that or vaccinations or, <laughs> you know, the chemicals the government puts in Coke Zero? All those. The, the electromagnetic waves from our cell phones? Well, I, I think those kind of burn the cold out of you, don't they? <laughs> That's why I sleep on my phone and under my head every night. <laughs> I haven't had a tumor yet, Alan. It's working. <laughs> oh, boy. Terry cried, you crazy kids, why don't you watch what you're doing? She knew her voice was irritated, but she couldn't help it. Also, I'm sorry, just to go back, I just was thinking, they all jumped belly flop fashion at the same time. That's like, why would they do that? That would, like, cause a tsunami, really, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is just normal camp shenanigans. Uh, you know, you jumping in belly flop all at the same time, uh, towel snapping, um, making sure the woman who had pneumonia gets really wet and possibly dies. This is just normal camp stuff. Hijinks. Hijinks, exactly. Now she'd have to go right in, right to the bathhouse, take off her dress and dry it immediately. Her, yeah, she's just gonna get naked. Yeah, um, yeah and, and stand next to the hand blower for about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still in here. <laughs> yeah, I know your clothes are in here too, but I gotta dry this. <laughs> Terry disappeared, and while she was drying her clothes, she was sorry she'd stormed at the boys. But already her throat was beginning to feel sore. She'd have to be careful. Well, careful to yell at the preteen boys anytime they come close to engaging in horseplay. As we all know, it's the best cure for a sore throat. Uh, also, maybe she could uh, take up smoking to keep her lungs as warm as possible. I hear it makes them toasty. The boys were coming out of the water when Terry emerged from the bathhouse, dried and freshly made up. Scott said, Terry, the wind doesn't seem to be any worse, and the boys want to build a campfire and get you to tell them some stories. On their favorite subject, toggery. Ooh, <laughs> toggery. Boys, let me tell you a tale. Little Betty hated the dark, and when she got scared, she would stick her hand under the bed, and her dog Sparky would lick it and make her feel better. One night, her parents were out late, and she heard noises outside the house. So she stuck her hand under the bed and had Sparky lick it until she fell asleep. The next morning, her parents woke up and told her she was in trouble. Why? Betty asked. Because, they said, 
You left Sparky outside all night. <gasps> now go try on these new outfits we bought you. They're fashionable yet affordable. Work great in layers. <laughs> Yay, what a great story, Miss Terry. Thank you. Ooh, that was creepy, actually. That's a camp story. But they usually don't go into school separates and uh, how to pair them. <laughs> I mean, you know, you wanna you wanna be fashion forward, but you still you still gotta look presentable, right? So Terry frowned. She couldn't risk sitting out in the cold night air the way her throat felt. If only there was a way to turn cold air into warm air. Hmm. hmm. You know what, guys? Let's all stare into this fire and try to imagine how that could ever be possible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Scott, why don't you tell the stories tonight and I'll go inside and sit with Mrs. Kane, the housekeeper, Terry suggested. Uh, because that's what everyone wants to do when they get engaged. <laughs> you know? It's been like, a lovely romantic Kane. night. Uh, you know, we had some hijinks with the boys that we all had a good laugh about. Now I'm going to go talk to the housekeeper. Night! <laughs> Just as you say, dear, Scott replied, walking over to help the boys get wood to start the campfire. Terry thought the evening they, would never... They're in a pool, right? Am I... <laughs> no, there's a, there's a whole complex. It's a mansion. There's a it's pool. It's a mansion. There's a campfire area. There's a gazebo. There's a pool house. There's I a... don't know. I feel like uh, that's uh, a little bit of a intricate reading of the story. I... Maybe... <laughs> maybe there's just uh, random logs on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're burning down the pool house. Hmm? Terry thought the evening would it, never Don't pause end. for jokes, Lindsay. We Lindsay, don't have any. Can you come every time? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's amazing. No, no. Do not be sorry. <laughs> you gave us such a window, too, Lindsay. <laughs> it was like... Uh, no, it's the best. It's like It was like if the teacher doesn't show up in 15 minutes, the class just gets to go home. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Not that Mrs. Kane wasn't pleasant to talk with, but she wanted so frantically to be with Scott every possible minute. Oh, that's not at all concerning. Uh, Mrs. Kane, I, I love hearing your stories, and the only reason I wish you would shrivel up and die is because you're taking up <laughs> space on a chair that Scott might want to sit on someday. <laughs> love me? Love me? She probably doesn't have many friends. I mean, she kind of sounds ugly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, big uggo. She's an yeah. uggo. There's, yeah. there's no way she's going to get anybody else to ever love her. So <laughs> obviously she's got to take this one chance. <laughs> but when Scott did come in from the campfire with the boys, it was already late. Then they all insisted that he join them in a bedtime snack of milk and crackers. Mm. So by the time Scott left to take Terry home, it was quite late. And Scott seems strangely quiet and withdrawn. I'm sorry, was there a joke there? Or are you just a big fan of milk and crackers? Yeah, I thought that was weird, milk and crackers. Yeah, I think it is weird. Do you think it's like a rich situation? Or are we in some kind of, they used to call, like, a graham cracker situation? Do you think Maybe. It's Ooh. You think it's milk and chicken in a biscuit? It's <laughs> <laughs> a Who doesn't a... enjoy a frothy glass of milk with a saltine <laughs> infused with raw chicken stock? <laughs> Milk and chicken with a biscuit, America's favorite. <laughs> if you thought 
how could I blend up a chicken and concentrate its essence into a cracker? We have a product for you. It's called Chicken in a Biscuit. And we use the whole carcass. We've now talked more about Chicken in a Biscuit than anyone other than the people at Chicken in a Biscuit. Chicken in a Biscuit. Our new sponsor, by the way, There's Chicken in a, a Biscuit. We put a chicken in a biscuit and you said it wasn't possible. Thanks, Chicken in a Biscuit. Chicken in a biscuit. If you thought KFC was too far for you to walk, just go to your <laughs> kitchen cabinet. <laughs> it's really the same, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It's the same deal. One's in a box. The other's in a box. Right? They come in boxes? <laughs> they do come in boxes. Yes. <laughs> I, lo- I love things that come in boxes. Our next podcast, <laughs> things that come in boxes. We're not unboxing anything. Oh, no, 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 no. We're just talking oh. about things that come in boxes, guys. Yeah. Next up on Luminary, our new podcast, Things That Come in Boxes. <laughs> Lindsay, could you start? Um, KFC. KFC, that's a great option. That's oh. a great option. Rob, do you have an idea of what might come in a box? Not a good one, no. Um, great. <laughs> Rob, I'm so glad that we paid you $100,000 for exclusive rights to get you on our show. Thanks, Things Luminary. That Come in a Box. Things That Come in a Box. <laughs> Only on Luminary. <laughs> but there was nothing quiet or withdrawn about his goodnight kiss. Oh, oh, what, well, she no. said it wasn't quiet. No. no. Oh, I, oh, oh I need to drink some water and have a quick hey. chicken and a biscuit after that. Oh, I feel queasy. <laughs> it was full of fire and excitement, the promise of thrilling things to come. Yep. Netflix and bills, including Slaughter. the Netflix bill, which... Keeps going up, so uh, welcome to your future together, guys. No, it's, it's Netflix and Bills. No, it's Netflix and Chill. He- yes, the- it is, but that's not the joke. It's, it's uh... oh, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry felt as though her heart would burst with happiness when Scott whispered huskily, call you tomorrow night, honey. Ooh, Lindsay. Uh, just a, can we get a smidge more husk? Yeah, really, that? really <laughs> no, picture yourself a... as Scott. Come on, really, yeah. really work. Husk it up. All right, Come on. Husk it up. Call you tomorrow night, honey. No. <laughs> okay. That, that's maybe 25, but I don't good. Know. But good. That's, that's husky. No, that's husky. That's as husky as I can get. I'm Huskiness is to me as sports is to Terry. Oh, <laughs> so sad. Chubby young boy would have trouble getting clothes in that size level of husky. What? That's. You guys didn't have to shop in the husky <laughs> section. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's just me. Sorry. <laughs> husky boy section. The next day, Terry decided to drop in Terry's tiny tot shop and see how Cleo Baker was getting along. At Terry's tiny tot shop, we totally sell Terry's togs to terrific toddlers and terrible tweens, too. <laughs> it's a horrible name. Our signed person had a lot of expertise so they were on sale it sounds like she's selling either tater tots or children (laughs) can't quite decide which cleo was a striking blonde who went heavily for glamour Uh, money advice to avoid fashion fomo spending this magazine pays for itself (laughs) that was a that was a real that was a real headline from glamour magazine just, really? Yeah. Money advice to avoid fashion FOMO spending? Uh-huh, yeah, oh, yeah. That was... God. Yeah. 
Terry had never particularly liked her. They're online only now. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Glamour? <laughs> oh, yeah. so sad. Terry had never particularly liked her, but Terry's mother wanted her to let Cleo run the shop for her because Cleo's family were having financial difficulties. So to please her mother, Ter- Terry had hired Cleo to take over the tiny Todd shop until Terry could return to work. That exposition dump was a, quite Dickensian in yeah. its, in its <laughs> teetotal teetotaling was was <laughs> india paid by the word here there was a lot of background a <laughs> lot of background cleo was perched in a chair behind the counter reading a magazine when terry walked in terry knew there were a million things she could have been doing but she wasn't surprised to find her loafing cleo we've talked about this before mm-hmm. your first thought should always be how could i be helping the store Mm-hmm. Folding clothes, checking mm-hmm. inventory, mm-hmm. teaching salsa dancing, mm-hmm. realigning tires, mm-hmm. fabricating aluminum struts. It's mm-hmm. all part of the Tiny Tot Shop experience. A, a broad job description. A <laughs> lot of, lot of, lot of uh, different aisles. Well, okay. <laughs> that store. <laughs> and Terry was too happy this morning to complain or find fault with anything. So she just asked Cleo how business had been the last few days. Not too fast, Cleo answered. Maybe it's the weather or the season or something. Oh, the hurricane, you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that really hit business hard. Uh, Oh, yeah, the category five? Yeah, no, I figured that's the time when kids need clothes the most. (laughs) (laughs) Then Terry told Cleo about her engagement to Scott Andrews. Cleo's mouth fell wide open. You mean you landed that gorgeous hunk of a man? A hunk of man? Hunk of man. Excuse hunk me. Of- uh, his name is Scott, and I'm sure he will eventually <laughs> develop a personality. Well, not in this story, but please, his <laughs> eyes are up here, and he is Scott, okay? <laughs> Proposal bait two. Uh, back in the habit. Proposal bait two. Uh, Scott gets a personality. That's it. That's a that tells what what happens. Yeah, yes. I know. I was um yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was, it just came out. Hey, listen, you're giving the audience what they want. <laughs> exact, exact descriptions of what I meant. It was plain to see that Cleo was amazed. Terry couldn't much blame her. She was rather amazed herself that the most eligible young man in the whole Southwest had proposed to her. The whole Southwest? Where are they in the whole Southwest that there's a winter resort out there? That they're... Uh, Welcome to Scenic Death Valley Resort. The snowboarding course is freshly groomed with several inches of sand. Uh, excuse me, this uh, white scorpion trail looks a little too difficult for my kids. Is there some kind of armadillo slope? No, sir, there aren't any slopes. They're just armadillos. Just armadillos. Those are called moguls in that area. <laughs> Suddenly, Terry realized that Cleo was green with envy. That didn't surprise Terry either. Now, for the first time in her life, she'd get to see how it felt to be really envied. 100% good. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> no downside. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Hashtag humble envied. Humble envied? <laughs> Of course, it had been nice to be the owner of the tiny tot shop, but her father had bought it and set her up in business, and she really didn't feel that it was anything she'd gotten for herself. 
But Scott's proposal was different. She'd gotten that all by herself. Mm, that's mm. right. The, the bait she'd used had been her own down-to-earth common sense. Down-to-earth common sense. Swipe right. Swipe <laughs> right. Good God. And it had worked like a charm. Oh, and she had also used a magical charm given to her by Madame Serena. Oh, that's... <laughs> that might have helped. Yeah. yeah, it helped a little. Probably helped. Terry went in the back of the shop and began to look over a new shipment of fall baby clothes. Oh. Empire waste. <laughs> I guess someone skipped this year's baby fashion week in Milan. <laughs> well, the, the runway took a long time. <laughs> the kids' babies keep falling, they, keep they crawling in the wrong direction. Around. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. When they do their little crawl up the catwalk. <laughs> I imagine the Ally McBeal dancing baby, like, in an Empire dress oh. now. Oh, Nightmares. Oh, please, in a, in a diaper? What year is this? Never in Milan. Cleo turned her chair around and Terry noticed that she kept staring at her. Mm. Cleo, it seemed, was trying to discover what it was about her that had attracted Scott Andrews. Um, yeah, so so is Terry, apparently. <laughs> Dude, this whole story is about that, Jeez, really. <laughs> what could he possibly see in me? A successful shop owner who really supportive and is really into him. Hmm, what could he see in her? Oh, well, that's nice of you to put it like that, Rob. Yeah. I was thinking a weird old lady that can't get wet and yells at children all the time. <laughs> in a few minutes, Cleo said, Terry, I've got a chance to change my beauty parlor appointment if you'll let me off now. It's three o'clock, and that will give me lots of time to pretty up for my heavy date tonight. Oh, right. Um, you're my boss. Uh, I, I meant a heavy date with um, the, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping to get to second base tonight, uh, by which I mean we're taking some dying brat to meet Jackie Robinson. Oh, <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at this. Terry was too happy to refuse a favor even to Cleo. And anyway, it wouldn't hurt her to keep the shop for a couple of hours. And Terry died of tuberculosis two hours later. The end. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay, you've been a great guest. It was, a, it was such a sad story, an abrupt ending, you know? You know, the doctor told her not coming. to work. It's really her fault. Today's love stories are short and uh, horrifying, so. <laughs> Terry closed the shop at exactly five o'clock and hurried home. Scott usually called about 6.30 or 7 o'clock. At dinner, she discussed with her parents what she'd do with the toggery shop after she married Scott. IPO. All the way. Hey, we, we need a disruptor in the toggery market. Really take the reins. What about children's clothes made out of Soylent? Do you have an app for that? <laughs> her mother insisted that she run the shop herself after Terry was married. Wait, her mother? W wait, Running why would that be? Well, why? Because her mother's married, so why can't Terry be married and run the shop? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, she's saying her mother wants Terry to continue running oh, the shop. Okay. Oh, okay. I okay. also yeah. read that as her mother wanted to work the shop herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That wasn't just me. Hey, honey, um, you're about to get married, and I've always wanted to be a neurosurgeon, so... Why don't you retire and I'll just take over for a bit? That's a great tradition that is now just gone. 
Her father disagreed. He had always believed a woman's place was in the home. Uh, oh, uh, keep going, Lindsay. It probably says something like a woman's place was in the home where's industry corporate management structure. <laughs> right? Does in say the that? home. All right. Kitchen. Well, fuck him. So. Bedroom. <laughs> um, in the midst of their argument, Scott's phone call came, but it didn't put roses in Terry's cheeks and a lilting song in her heart. In fact, his words choked her. I'm sorry, Terry, he said over the wire, but I won't be able to make our date tonight. I'll call you later. Good night. <laughs> Such a, again, also, a very abrupt I call. Have not like been goodbye. Replaced by a robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was no darling honey or dear to his conversation. Not a single endearing word to keep Terry hoping. No Bay, no Shorty, Schmoopy, <laughs> no Deborah Winger, no Jack Nicholson. I- I'm sorry. What movie are we going to see again? Like this. <laughs> and everything to make her sure that Scott had changed toward her. But why? Only yesterday he'd wanted to marry her. I know. The entire tennis court saw it. Of course (laughs) it was real, Doctor. There was some kind of uh, Boy Scout troop that witnessed the (laughs) whole thing. In fact, my fiancé drank milk with them later in the evening. Why won't anyone believe me? Yes, Terry. Yes, you're engaged to the most eligible bachelor in town. Yes, Terry. Here, take this. You'll you'll sleep well. (laughs) Of course he runs a winter camp in the Southwest Desert. I, it, he's a philanthropist. For two nights, Scott didn't call Terry. The third night, he'd called only to say that he was afraid he'd been too hasty and that when he got right down to facing facts, he'd decided that his freedom was pretty valuable. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure when Walt Whitman said, freedom. To walk and own no superior. And he was definitely talking about how this dick would be off casually dating. (laughs) (laughs) Paul Whitman was spicy. He said they would still be good friends, but Terry knew that could never happen. She loved Scott too madly to be friendly with him. Mm -hmm. It was all... Or nothing at all where Scott was concerned. Right, so it's uh, it's murder then, right? We're all <laughs> thinking murder. <laughs> Show of hands on brutal murder. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Murder. Oh, murder. Yep. Okay, mm, great. Here. So the next two weeks, Terry found out what it was like to cope with a broken heart. Turns out it involved a lot of tequila and Lana Del Rey. She jumped in the pool and stood outside at night. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Like a specter at his window with her hair all wet, just pointing at him. <laughs> Look at what you've done. Uh, say anything, but she doesn't have a boombox. She's <laughs> just, she's just got a really bad cough. <laughs> she's outside her window with her arms up going. <laughs> <laughs> she had thought she was heartbroken when Jimmy Towns dropped her. But she knew now that only her pride had been hurt. Oh, oh, they're shit. coming for you. Yeah, they're coming they're for Jimmy Towns. Hit <laughs> the deck, Lindsay. <laughs> After Terry. Her heart hadn't ever been touched until Scott came into her life. Terry was so miserable around the house with nothing to do that her doctor insisted that she go back to work. <laughs> oh, it will definitely kill you eventually, but uh, I've got a lot of patients to see, so... 
Jeez. You keep coming back here. HMOs are rough. <laughs> so I can't go with the basic option. You, you got to yeah. go up to the uh, POS. So she let Cleo go and took over the shop herself. Uh, yeah, Cleo. Uh, say hi to your family who's in such financial straits for me. <laughs> going to pay your back vacation out in onesies. Is that cool? <laughs> onesies? <laughs> There was always a lot of gossip and news around the shop with women coming in all day, and Terry soon learned that Cleo Baker was being escorted everywhere by Scott. Oh, no. Better double that tequila shipment, Terry. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, that's that tough to find out. Yeah. He's just enjoying his freedom. <laughs> you are such a <laughs> Scott apologist, Lindsay. Yeah. Fault him. What's wrong with it? Hey. Uh, it's, it's his tallness gotten to you or the money. It's the money, isn't it? It's the broad shoulders, I think, and the way he dives. Gets me every time. <laughs> yeah. Belly flop right into your heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect a man with a tennis court not to play some doubles every once in a while. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that, was that, that was good. That was good. Terry almost fainted. Cleo had evidently sized her up and decided that if a plain girl like Terry could get a proposal out of Scott, a gorgeous blonde like herself could break it up. Yeah, and she's got a lot of free time on her hands suddenly, <laughs> so... <laughs> that plan really worked out very well. Good timing. <laughs> so she'd set about to do it. Terry didn't know how she'd managed, but she'd evidently done a pretty thorough job since she hadn't seen or heard from Scott since his last and fatal phone call. There it is. Fatal. Finally, mm. Alan, we're about to break into the true crime podcasting gold vault. <laughs> Today's love stories, tomorrow's murder headlines. Oh, my God. If we could just get a taste, Rob, just a taste of the true crime segment. One afternoon, a few days later, Terry was waiting on one of her most trying customers. Uh, dedicated to people who serially murder each other. That's, uh, <laughs> serially murder each other? But everybody, everybody thinks they're the Dexter, but then they're also all on a train. <laughs> Does anyone have a weird mustache? Yes, okay. everybody has a weird mustache. <laughs> Accents. That are not... Well, I wonder if Mrs. Higgins has an accent. If you want her to, she does, Lindsay. <laughs> That's right, Oh, gosh, please. but my accents, I don't know. Does she even talk? Okay, here we go. Yeah, uh, you'll get to it. Yeah. Mrs. Higgins, a large woman who had twin boys six and a half years old, a little girl four, and a baby boy two. Hey, a uh, large woman? You try pushing out twin six-year-old boys. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works, right? <laughs> Yeah, I don't really know how it works. <laughs> well, neither of us are winning father of the year. I can tell you that. <laughs> she always brought all of the children to the shop with her because she had no one to stay with them. And they always left the shop looking like a cyclone had struck it. A cyclone. Terry, your lungs. Quick, dry your dress. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see. Today. She could die immediately. Immediately. Okay. okay. Today, Mrs. Higgins's large brood was feeling in high spirits. The twins began to pull down all the pajamas off the lower shelf, crying, Mommy, buy me this, buy me that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time I go to the store, my boys are always begging me. Uh -huh. uh, there's nothing more they want more than unbranded pajamas with no logos on them. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Mitzi, the four-year-old, 
had opened the sliding door of the glass case where the baby shoes were and had out a half dozen pair before Terry could stop her. Hey, hey, those aren't for you. They're for people who do not realize how fast babies' feet grow. <laughs> Mrs. Higgins yelled at them, but they didn't pay the least attention to her. And what did, what did Mrs. Higgins sound like again? Uh, stop it! Stop running around the store! <laughs> the famous Italian-Russian uh, Mrs. Higgins. <laughs> it's me, Mrs. Higgins. But... It's, it's, it's oddly similar to my Hulk voice, <laughs> That is fabulous. Beautiful. Continue, please. This is... I wanted to buy them... Some fall snowsuits, she complained in a tired voice. But how can I select anything with them acting the way they do? <laughs> My little babushkas. They, they have no clothes. In Russia, the toggery stores dress you. Oh, that's fantastic. That's uh, fall snow suits. <laughs> that must be a terrible Halloween. That's all I'm saying. It'd be a warm Halloween. Well, but no one can see my violet costume from The Incredibles. So I'm, so, I'm sorry, honey. Snow drifts are a good two, three feet high. You got to bundle up there. <laughs> you go. You go from house to house through the uh, through the tunnels. Poor Mrs. Higgins looked as though she was ready to burst into tears of embarrassment because of the outrageous behavior of her offsprings. <laughs> <laughs> you tickled by that, Lindsay? <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like she should know by now. I mean, they sound like monsters. She's the most trying customer. I know. I don't know. She should just be resigned to it, like the rest of us. Terry spoke softly to the twins. Then she went into the back room and brought out a big, bright, colored storybook she kept to amuse restless youngsters while their mothers shopped. Now, who here likes oranges and clocks and tales of droogs with a little of the old ultraviolence? Got the book for you. I know that book. I know that book. That's my favorite. They began to pull at Terry, and with Mitzi, their sister's help, they landed Terry in a chair and began to climb all over her. Just like Scott. <laughs> What? <laughs> Read us a story, Terry. Read us a story. They all cried at once. And none of that golden book crap. We get to watch Game of Thrones at home. <laughs> <laughs> Mitzi thinks they've written themselves into a corner, but I'm, a I'm excited for the final season. <laughs> Terry laughed and said, okay, Mrs. Higgins, while you're deciding on the snowsuits, I'll read to the children. So Terry began to read the stories in the big book with all kinds of facial expressions. And I just can't stop thinking about Clockwork Orange Show. <laughs> it just seems like what kind of facial expressions is she showing them? Um, <laughs> the twins screamed with laughter. Every time Terry would make a funny face, they'd cry, Do it again, Terry! And Terry would patiently repeat it. Oh, the sad, sad cycle that got us Jim Carrey and Liza Koshy. That's so sad to see today's youth. Then, No? Am I the only? Oh, I like see. Facial uh, expressions. Okay, I'm the only one that watches YouTube and in living color, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes you are. Finally, 
Mrs. Higgins made her selection and left with the children still clinging to Terry and begging her to come and see them. So she left without her kids, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> She's like, out of here. She, the kids were still clinging to Terry. <laughs> I can't say I haven't dreamt of that in an Ikea every once in a while. Just, <laughs> just leave them. Absolutely. Here, have your meatballs. I'm going to go look at the Yorg sits for a while. And yeah. uh, Then, just as the door closed behind Mrs. Higgins, it opened again, and a man with wide shoulders and deep blue eyes walked into the tiny tot shop. Terry stared at him as if he were a mirage. Well, they are in the desert or not. It's, it's all very confusing. <laughs> so there's a, there's a hurricane in the desert right now, Rob. It's, there's a cyclone it's in a, the desert as well. A, uh, yeah, it's, um, but they're swimming it's La Nina. It's, it's La, worse than El Nino. La Nina. Scott! She cried in breathless surprise. I was shocked. Scott walked over to face her directly across the counter. Cleo and I are now expecting. Uh, where's the newborn <laughs> section? And should I ring up my purchases before or after your soul is finished being crushed? Uh, oh, should I put this on my limitless platinum card black that... Uh, of course, would have been yours to have half of. <laughs> you know what? I feel so bad about that whole dumping thing. Uh, let me just buy the whole shop from you and you can get out of town. How's that sound for you? <laughs> After witnessing that scene with you and that bunch of kids through the window, I'm convinced that, as the old saying goes, there's something rotten in Denmark. That's not a saying, by the way. That's... <laughs> Does he think it's a saying, like uh, idiom people use, just commenting on the general stink that's over there in the country of Denmark? <laughs> As the old saying goes, Terry, I'm also just a girl standing in front of a guy asking him to love her. <laughs> very well versed. I think Shakespeare wrote that last one, Rob. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. Terry, Cleo told me. You quit working in the tiny tot shop because you hated children. Because they got on your nerves. I didn't want to believe her, but I couldn't forget the way you acted that day beside the swimming pool when the boys splashed you. You seemed so irritated. And then, when I wanted you to tell them a story by the campfire, the idea seemed to repulse you. Almost like you didn't like being ordered around or something. I <laughs> So since there was so much to back up Cleo's accusation, <laughs> I decided it was best if we didn't get married. <laughs> no, no, it's an open and shut case. Brilliant. Uh, the splashing thing and then the story thing and the fact that you own and run a store specifically targeted towards little kids. What else could I conclude? <laughs> he needs, uh, needs Detective Pikachu on this case. Uh I don't really? think Scott's really uh, putting two and two together very well. You see, Terry, <laughs> it's dreadfully important to me that the girl I marry is fond of children. Not only because of the organization at Palm Lane, but because I have a seven-year-old son of my own. With oh. Mrs. Higgins, but I what? swear <laughs> the other identical twin isn't mine. Oh. <laughs> ah, father. <laughs> 
I, I like that all of this information is now being like told to each other. Yeah, how long did they <clears throat> date? He proposed to her for God's Listen, sake. Listen, it was a really short match, okay? It was only two sets. How are they going to have a lot of time to communicate <laughs> what happened in their lives before he proposes? I was going to tell you about him before we were married. <laughs> right before, like literally <laughs> during, the the, during the vows. And your ring bearer and my son. <laughs> Wait, um, Scott, it says here in the program that your seven-year-old son is the ring bearer. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, that's true. And um, I got to tell you, honey, these boys that I've been bussing in from the East Coast, uh, I do have a prior paternal relationship, should I say, with them, maybe? <laughs> Just shipping in sons every Yeah. <laughs> My wife died when he was an infant, and he is staying with his grandmother. Oh, yeah. I seven? And how did they not know this about each other? I just feel like he should... Oh, how do they not know it? Because they have phone conversations like, I will not see you tonight. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Click. <laughs> I am putting down the receiver now. <laughs> I didn't bring him out to Palm Lane because I didn't want to break into his school term. See? He's more considerate than Nancy Drew's dad, though. Let's see. <laughs> This is also true. true. Yeah, let's just start him in a new school. Right. But hey. he, he got teachers to go to Palm Lane for the other kids yeah. for their three-week stay. Wait a That's what I'm saying. You're right. Hold on. That doesn't make sense at all. He just doesn't like his kid. I, <laughs> I don't know. Checks out. <laughs> and when I say I thought you didn't like kids, I meant I needed somebody who likes kids more than I do by a lot. Because <laughs> I have one. Yeah. He's coming out at the end of school. I was walking by the shop a while ago, and I couldn't resist looking through the window. Of a different store called the Pleasure Chest. And uh, I got to <laughs> tell you, I think they're really outdoing you on the marketing angle. A lot of foot traffic, huh? <laughs> I live behind the Pleasure Chest. Oh, no. Whoa. <laughs> really? I do. <clears throat> I, I can. <clears throat> yeah, I do. <laughs> it's... It's a good stop, you know, to just look at the window. It's great. I mean, I can totally empathize with Scott, so. <laughs> and Terry, no person who hates youngsters could have been as gentle and appealing with them as you were just now. Mm, sounds like he doesn't know much about Bing Crosby. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that most of our listeners do know Listen, much about everyone, Bing Crosby. Uh, around. What's the uh, Hollywood podcast? Uh, yeah, listen uh, to the Bing Crosby episode. <laughs> Karina Longworth? Yeah, the, the popular podcast. You, you must like remember ours, this? You know, the one people listen to? Join us, won't you? He was a terrible, won't you? terrible man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's terrible. Great. Yeah, yeah, it's sad. Suddenly, Terry was crying and laughing at the same moment. A kind of wild hysteria had taken possession of her. She sounds like marriage material. Oh, oh Scott, she cried. I almost lost you as a result of trying so hard to make you notice me. That was more of a comic <laughs> misunderstanding worthy of that uh, urban legend, a Midsummer's Night Dream. You know, that folktale. Oh, yeah, the old saying. That's right. Yeah, the old saying, a Midsummer's <laughs> Night Dream is pretty weird. Uh, take a look at the photo at the beginning of this. Where photo? is this scene? It's a photo? <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I want to talk about the scene the picture, where yeah. she's concerned 
or not throwing herself directly at oh, him. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I'm not sure about you, Scott, is something she has not ever said. <laughs> nope. Huh. Then, between tears and laughter, Terry was telling him the reason she had resented the splashing water that day, the reason she had turned the cle- the reason she had turned the children's toggery shop over to Cleo. When she had finished, Scott re- when she had finished, Scott rebuked her gently. Darling, didn't you know that I would have loved you no matter what you were like? Except when I <laughs> ghosted you for the last several weeks based exclusively on what you were like. <laughs> or, or what some other lady said you were like. <laughs> it took the word of. A I didn't care stranger. enough to find out, but if I had, <laughs> I sure probably might have loved you still. Sort of. <laughs> Love like ours doesn't just happen accidentally. No, not accidentally. It happens after a quick dalliance with a hot blonde, and then, you know, slowly congeals from a massive resentment that everybody else is happy in love, and I deserve that too, so I might as well settle. <laughs> Dark. I've got enough money to keep both. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) the real story here. It is written in the stars. See, honey? Look. Look at the Big Dipper. It says, Hoster, we dream of thee, and Azatoth and Yogg-Sogoth, the dead one, for Scott and Terry together, can wake thee to glory and dominion over all. That's that's our wedding vows, by the way. That's nice. You wrote your own. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Then he kissed her, and Terry knew that he was right. She knew she would never have to deceive Scott again. Because she did in the first place, I guess. I don't know why she she did pneumonia. She just didn't mention it. He didn't mention a seven-year-old kid. Between them would always be perfect understanding. Perfect happiness. And cut to the murder. (laughs) <laughs> We've been waiting so long for the murder. Finally. Let's just the end. Wow. Let's talk about how unlikable everybody was. <laughs> yeah, really. Who's uh, I think Miss Higgins uh, Miss Higgins was my favorite character. I don't know. I think it was uh the housekeeper? Yeah. Yeah, the mm. um starts with C. <laughs> no, that's not a very nice thing to say at all, Lindsay. <laughs> that was my <laughs> favorite. Was nice she was... Jeez, Lindsay, <laughs> this is rough. <laughs> uh Mrs. Kane, yes, it does start with a C. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um I, I don't know why this isn't more popular today. I mean it's it seems to stand up to uh Thanks. It's a classic story, really, of uh, boy meets girl, boy proposes to girl in front of strange children, boy dumps girl based on uh, nothing, and then uh, after he gets some sh- he comes right back to her. It's a great hey, story. Whoa, wow, geez, that's not going in the podcast. That's what, what, I can't say sh- <laughs> No, you can't say that. What? No. Man, this place, I thought this place was hip. Jeez. No, we're not hip at all. We're just like Terry's Tog Shop. <laughs> well, Alan, I think I think the important thing is that we learn something from the story. So why don't we ask our guest, uh, Lindsay, what do you think the moral of this particular story was? I would say don't have children. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me write this <laughs> and... down and get a time machine. 
Hold on. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. Two, um, enjoy your freedom right before or right after you propose. <laughs> yeah, just think of it, of it as an extended bachelor slash bachelorette party that happens for, you know, four or five weeks and <laughs> until you accidentally walk into the clothes shop where your future spouse works. And then if you've got like a bunch of kids like Mrs. Higgins, just leave them at the store. Yeah, that's a plan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I thought this was hilarious. I thought this this story was so funny because, like, they propose, they spend the night not together, really. No, no, they have one <laughs> they kiss. They don't talk to each other. Right before, as he's deciding to dump her, they have a hot kiss. You know, it's the, the honeymoon period. It's it's where you leave your fiancé and have milk and crackers with boys. <laughs> That's... With a bunch of boys. <laughs> tradition oh i don't think we're gonna get to the bottom of this one but it was a fun story and i want to thank you Lindsay, for uh coming on and and helping us out uh would you like to tell people about your podcast and how they can find it sure i am one of the hosts of 33 percent pulp we take novels that are like mid 20th century um pulpy paperbacks and divide them into thirds and then recap each third over three episodes yeah and daniel thank you so much for coming too yeah um did we oh shit did i not hit record on that one oh you see i didn't tell him that he was invited oh (laughs) Oh, okay good i thought it was us for a second no you're the jerk okay good no 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 yeah i got that i got it (laughs) um we would really really like to recommend uh lindsay's podcast we are so happy to finally have you on we've been meaning for a long time our wonderful Sister in podcasting, sister cast, sibling casts, and thank you for having me on. It's like uh, such an honor to follow like Sean Ennis as a guest on your show. It's so cool. Uh, Sean will never be back. Yeah, he'll never be uh, back. He was a lot of demands. (laughs) You wouldn't believe his writers. Thanks to our latest and best guest, and uh, so long, Sean. Um, I hope you're listening, but we hope (laughs) that everybody will all tune in next time. For another exciting interrupted... I mean, he's never going to finish the books now, right? I mean, there's no incentive. Hey, somebody throw me a Capri Sun. It's almost that time. Damn! Me, I'm the the character you remember from earlier in the story. (laughs) Remember? I was one of the twins.